0: The Swedish company Epicenter went viral on Friday when it publicized a new technology that would implant a microchip under your skin to prove that you've taken the Fauci ouchie. There are many lessons to take away from this creepy turn of events. First, ideas that began as wild, crazy conspiracy theories are morphing into reality before our very eyes as we enter into the third year of 15 Days to Slow the Spread. Second, Alex Jones is a more reliable source of information than about 97% of establishment news outlets. I know it's weird, a lot of people didn't expect it, but just when the frogs are gay, or trans actually, and the microchips are in your skin, that's the way it is. Third, our political situation could get a lot, lot worse. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from Kristen Drumgul, who says, regarding Joy Reid and oh, and Joy Reid uh, getting angry at Elon Musk for calling Elizabeth Warren a Karen. Uh, Joy Reid said, no, that's our word. She says, it reminds me of when Homer Simpson scolds a gay man for calling himself queer by telling him, that's our word for making fun of you. That's true. <laughs> you can't say that, Elon Musk, you're a white man. But Karen is a word that only black people are allowed to use to make fun of white women, except, Joy, which you forgot, what you didn't count on, is that Elon Musk is an African American. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha there, darling. It, it's confusing. It's hard to wrap your mind around. It might keep you up at night. If you want to go to sleep very quickly at night, I'd recommend you check out My Pillow. This Christmas season, MyPillow wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, MyPillow Pillow is offering a buy one get one free offer on Giza sheets. These are top quality sheets that you are going to love. All My Pillow products come with a 60-day money back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to mypillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one get one free offer on the Giza sheets and use promo code DAILYWIRE at checkout or call 800-651-1148. You'll get deep discounts on all My Pillow products including the pillow slippers, the My Pillow mattress topper and My Pillow towel sets. That is mypillow.com enter DAILYWIRE I love my pillow. You know, I love that they're a good conservative American patriotic company. I told you I would shop from them even if they were run by the Taliban. That's how good, that's how good the products are. You can also call 1-800-651-1148. Tell them Daily Wire sent you. That's 1-800-651-1148. The deals will not last forever. So call now. So we're now coming up on, what, 20, it's been 21 months or so of 15 days to slow the spread. So we're... Little under three months away from entering the third year of the biomedical security state. And a lot of reasonable people are looking in that and saying, this has gone too far. We've gotten way too restrictive. We've upended our society without any real effect because the cases are still going up. All of the breakthroughs among the vaccinated people, you know, all those many, many, many breakthrough cases now where I would say mo- most of my friends that have gotten it recently, have gotten the, the Rona, have been vaccinated. So they're all breakthroughs. Everyone knows people with breakthroughs. I don't know how long we have to keep calling them breakthrough cases. But, but the takeaway of our ruling class is not that we've gotten too restrictive and we, we need to roll this back. It's that we haven't gotten restrictive enough.
1: If the counts keep going up and the, and the test positivity keeps going up, we may need to be more restrictive. But for right now, people who are vaccinated and boosted should feel reasonably comfortable. The risk is never but, zero, that's for sure. But what, under any what's the circumstances. Number, what, what's the number you reassess at? You, you, you just suggested, I think, perhaps for the first time, that you would be forced to reassess if the numbers go up. At what level, meaning uh,
0: you know, if, if you hear that it's the, yeah, the positivity I, rate is 25% in a particular area, or 30%, does that yeah. change?
1: You know, I'm not gonna give you a
0: number. Uh, look, I'm not going to give you a number because then I could be held accountable. So I'm just going to tell you that if you don't do exactly what I say, I'm going to lock you down more, you dirty, rotten sheep. You peasant, you disgusting mongrel. Yeah, breathing your germs on me. Dr. Fauci. This man knows politics. I don't know if he knows science all that well. It's not just a cheap knock on Fauci because he's in the hot seat right now. There, there have been a lot of questions as to his scientific competency over the years during his many decade long tenure at NIH. There were protests of the guy in the 80s. He made a lot of really questionable decisions in terms of public policy, in terms of experimentation during the AIDS epidemic. Then obviously he made really questionable decisions in terms of funding gain of function research, including in China, including in Wuhan, where the virus started. And then he's made a lot of questionable decisions during COVID itself. So I I really don't know if he knows very much about scientists. You know, there was a, a critic of Fauci's in the 80s who pointed out that the best scientists go into laboratories. They don't become government administrators. And so I, I don't think the guy is uh, you know, the greatest genius we've ever had in this country. But the one thing he really knows about is politics. And he's held on to power really, really well. And even now when he's saying we're going to have to lock down a little bit more, we might have to. Well, okay, can you give me any measures that we can test this against? No, I can't. I'm afraid I can't. Because then then I could be held accountable. What does that mean? What does it mean to be more restrictive? Well, one thing he's saying, regardless of the cases going up and down and are up and down, is that we very likely will never again fly on an airplane without that disgusting, stupid cloth in front of our face. I also wanted to ask you about what the airline executives said this week about masks on airplanes. They, uh, several of the of the top, you know, the, the CEOs of the top airlines said that On an airplane, you are actually safer uh, than you are uh, in an ICU, the the protection with the filtration system they have. They were suggesting that there really isn't much of a need for a mask on an airplane. Are we going to get to the point where we won't have
1: to wear masks on airplanes? I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with a closed space, even though the filtration is good, that you want to go that extra step when you have people you know, you get a flight from Washington to San Francisco. It's a well over a five-hour flight, even though you have a good filtration system. I still believe that masks are a prudent thing to do, and we should be doing it.
0: Hey, are we ever again going to be able to travel the way that we traveled from the beginning of this medium of travel until two years ago? No, I don't want you to do that. So no. Let toi, Fauci you know, Louis XIV would say, l'état c'est moi, I am the state. Well, Fauci is the state. Fauci is the state. And he rules by whim and caprice. And this is a reminder of something that some of us called in the earliest days of the epidemic, hate to say I told you so. And a lot of uh, even self-styled conservatives and the squishes and the liberals, and obviously the left did not get this. This was never temporary. This was never going to be temporary. It was never going to be 15 days. It was never going to be just wear the mask for a little bit and we can return to normal. It was never going to be just get one shot or even just get two shots and then we can return. It was never going to be that. It was always a permanent power grab. These people, these power mad people like Dr. Fauci never give up power that they have taken. So it was never going away. And we're entering into year three. And if we don't do anything politically to change this, then we're going to enter into year 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 the only way this ends is to fire dr fauci prosecute him then banish him to saint helena i'm not even really being that hyperbolic if you told me right now there were some constitutional means to balance this power mad twerp to saint helena i would gladly do it if we could establish a colony on the moon and send dr fauci there on a one way ticket to the moon and you know he he can have We'll give him some food. We'll give him some water. Most importantly, we'll give him TV cameras. He would die if he couldn't sit in front of TV cameras and blab all day. And I'm saying this as someone who sits in front of cameras and blabs for a lot of the day. I don't like it even one one millionth as much as Fauci does. We'll give him all that. Just get him out of here. Get him out of this country. <laughs> I would gladly do it. And it, it's not just him. He's the clearest example of it. He's kind of at the top of the bureaucrat pyramid. There are a lot of other people working within our government right now that are just wielding power, and it's very difficult for us to take it back. And they're wielding power in a really unjust, imprudent way. And there's no end in sight. What are we supposed to do as we get into Christmas, as we get into New Year, as we get into 2022? This thing began at the end of 2019, what is what is going to happen well if fauci has his way we won't go anywhere with people where we don't know their vaccination status you said earlier this week that if you're vaccinated you should feel comfortable traveling and and celebrating the holidays with with your family uh do you you still believe that
1: no i do if you are vaccinated and boosted and are prudent when you travel when you're in an airport to be wearing a mask all the time. You have to be wearing a mask on a plane. Uh, Do not do things like go to gatherings where there are people who you do not know what their vaccination status is. If you do that, and some people are even going the extra step or the extra mile, of maybe even getting tested when you have people coming over the house, we now have a much wider availability of point of care tests that you can get a result in about 15 minutes so you might want to do that if you do these things uh john i do believe that you can feel quite comfortable with a family setting the dinners and the gatherings that you have around the holiday season nothing is 100 risk-free but i think if you do the things that i just mentioned you'd actually mitigate that risk enough to feel comfortable about being able to enjoy the holiday
0: you can maybe feel comfortable about seeing your family in a relatively private environment if you know for certain which experimental drugs they've shot into their veins and you see a test. Then maybe you can allow Aunt Sally to come over for Christmas dinner. So declareth Dr. Fauci. If you want to listen to something that is a lot more calming and interesting than Dr. Fauci's voice, I would recommend you check out The Jordan Harbinger Show, which is a podcast you, you should have already been listening to. Recently, Jordan had on Oliver North, and the woke mob really came after him for this. He said he's been getting attacked just for doing the interview, and I highly recommend you check it out. Jordan's show, which Apple named one of its best of 2018, is aimed at making you a better informed, more critical thinker so you can get a sense of how the world actually works and come to your own conclusions about what's happening, even inside your own brain. Each episode is a conversation with a different, fascinating guest. and When I say there's something for everyone here, I really mean it. In one episode, Jordan talks to a hostage negotiator from the FBI who offers techniques on how to get people to like and trust you, which sounds pretty useful and a little spooky at the same time. Lots of science, some pretty crazy stories from spies and mafia enforcers and art forgers. The guy has got everything. We really enjoy this show. We think you will too. There is so much here. Head on over to jordanharbinger.com slash start for some episode recommendations or search The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R as in really. Go do it. Go check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Notice that Dr. Fauci Is not just concerned that people get vaccinated. He is concerned that we all be able to know with certainty whether or not someone has gotten vaccinated. And those are different things. It's not so much about the vaccine status as it is about knowing, which is why I have a little bit of a different take on how to handle all the Fauci-ouchy stuff and the biomedical security state than some of my fellow conservatives. Some of my fellow conservatives, I think with good intentions and we just have a tactical disagreement here, they want to make a big deal about publicly saying whether or not, uh, yes, I've gotten vaccinated. I love the vaccines. The vaccines are so great. Or no, absolutely not. I hate this vaccine and I'm never getting vaccinated ever again. If anyone tells you that I've been vaccinated, it's a complete lie. I don't think it is a good idea to make a, make it a matter of public knowledge. If you have gotten the vaccine, how many of the vaccines you've gotten, where, well, you know, I, I, I uh, here is my card, here's this card, I'm publishing this, here's the chip in my arm. I think that not only is it, it does the government wield power by making you get the vaccine or not, I think they get power by knowing whether or not you've gotten it. Right now, there are just these flimsy cards, right? These flimsy little cards that you show. There aren't really a ton of central databases, at least that we know about. You can show people a picture on an, on an iPhone and you say, oh, there's my vaccine card, and that's fine. You can, if someone asks you, hey, have you been vaccinated, even if you have not received the Fauci-ouchie, you can say, without lying, you can very often say, yes, I have been. Maybe you've gotten the meningitis vaccine. Maybe you've gotten the hepatitis B vaccine. Maybe who knows? You can say that. And there can be a lot of uncertainty. Okay, and I think that is a good thing. I think there's more than one way to skin a cat. All right, I think that the reason that we have laws protecting medical privacy is because medical information is very powerful. And I think what the libs are trying to do here what the liberal establishment and the Fauci's are trying to do is gather perfect knowledge. And then it's really easy. Then you can just, you know, dangle more sticks and carrots in front of the people who have gotten the Fauci ouchie. And you can uh, anathematize the people who very publicly refuse to get it. But what about, what if they don't know how many people have it? You, You actually saw this in the public policy. Joe Biden did not push for the OSHA mandate and some of the the federal vaccine mandates until polls showed that the majority of people had gotten at least one shot of the vaccine. He couldn't have done it before. It was the knowledge that allowed him to do it. So I just think that we ought to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves and recognize that what is more valuable to the liberal ruling class, even than forcing everyone to take this drug or their 15th booster shot, is knowing exactly who has done what and exactly how and in exactly what ways. There are plenty of reasons, medical and religious, to avoid getting this vaccine. And I think playing it a little more coy is is maybe going to be a more successful way to go as the biomedical security state goes on. We just got some really bad news about that from the Court of Appeals, which we'll get to in a second. First, though, a little bit of good news just to... Just to ease everybody up, look, we're going into Christmas. This is supposed to be a joyful time. Well, here's a little bit of joy. Joe Manchin is a no. He's a solid no on Joe Biden's build back better plan. This would be Joe Biden's single legislative achievement. It's basically the whole agenda in law. And Manchin says, this is the, the one of two moderate Democrats. He says, sorry, Buster, we ain't doing it. I've always said this, Brett. If I can't go home and explain it
1: to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible.
0: I can't get there. You're done. This is this is a no. This is a no. This is a no. It's over. On the one hand, this is courageous. Joe Manchin, even though he's a moderate Democrat from a conservative state, And even though he's obviously doesn't want to go along with this radical spending, still he's bucking his own party and and the president who's in his own party. So that's courageous. On the other hand, it's common sense. Joe Biden's approval rating is about 38%. His vice president's about 28, 27%. The rest of the cabinet, the high mark is 38%. That's Pete Buttigieg that they're underwater on every single issue right now. So it's just, if you're just looking at the polls of what people support, the majority of Americans don't support the Biden agenda and certainly the majority of West Virginians do not. So politically, I think Joe Manchin is probably making the right decision too. The way this is being reported is that one senator is holding up the Biden agenda. That's not true. 51 senators are holding up the Biden agenda. It's 51 Okay. And then there's 49 senators who were voting for it. Kamala Harris would break the tie if it were 50-50, but it's not. So it's dead. Ilhan Omar, furious about this. Ilhan Omar of the squad tweets out, quote, let's be clear. Manchin's excuse is BS. She uses the whole word though. The people of West Virginia would directly benefit from child care, pre-Medicare expansion, and long-term care, just like Minnesotans. This is exactly what we warned would happen if we separated Build Back Better from infrastructure. Uh, wow, wah, 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 wah. That's what she's saying. Uh, I also love when these politicians say, let's be clear. It's kind of like, let's be honest which is an admission that I wasn't previously being honest or an admission. I wasn't previously being clear. And so she says, look, I might be a dishonest person, but I really don't like what Mansions doing. And this is BS. And she uses the word, uh, another slight digression. I don't think politicians should go blue in public. I'm not saying they shouldn't talk like sailors or, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't at least be tolerated to talk like sailors in smoke filled rooms or at bars. But I don't, I don't like seeing that in, in public from our actual statesmen and especially not from lady politicians. I just don't like it. I just, I think men and women are different. I, it's it's worse when women do it. It's it's worse to swear in front of women. And it's it's kind of worse to hear women swearing in public, If especially if they're politicians. Roseanne Barr gets a pass, Ellen DeGeneres. But members of Congress, I don't think so. I don't think so, buddy. Which means after that slight digression, the Senate is adjourning for the rest of the year. The Build Back Better thing is dead for right now. And while Republicans are celebrating, I... I want to point out to you what this means for our government, <laughs> because with this, what this means is Joe Biden doesn't really have any legislative achievement in his first year, and now we're heading into the midterm, so politicians are going to be even more risk-averse next year, and then if he gets shellacked in the midterms, they'll have to pivot, the very likely, or, or his agenda will just be completely obstructed by Republicans. And so that would be it. You might not get any legislative achievement for the entire presidency. And yet, this has been one of the most radical years in our government ever. Huh, that's weird. Joe Biden hasn't been able to get basically anything he wants passed into law through the Congress, even though he has unified government, right? Democrats have the Senate, Democrats have the House, Democrats have the White House. And yet, he has been very effective at upending our entire way of life, at, of, of wielding power. He did a ton. He practically opened the border. He gave de facto amnesty to lots of illegal aliens. He surrendered Afghanistan. He made 100 million Americans, or more than 100 million Americans, take the Fauci-ouchie. And he's, he's gaining even more power to do that through the, through the OSHA uh, mandate. Through the right, he's he's mandating that the Occupational Safety and Health Administration mandate that the employers with 100 or more employees to make. But he's so he's wielding power in these really weird ways that are outside of schoolhouse rock. It's not I am a bill up on Capitol Hill. It's not what we consider to be the constitutional order. But he's wielding a ton of power. The man doesn't even need to pass laws. That's kind of archaic. That's so passe. That's not really how the government works anymore. The government works less and less like a democracy or a republic, and it works much more like an oligarchy that rules regardless of, forget the will of the people, regardless even of the constitutional order. Pretty clear from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, you know that the Daily Wire is suing the Biden administration right now. We've gotten a lot of good news, especially from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Well, now the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that they are going to allow Biden's mandate to go into effect. Biden ordered the mandate. Then the courts said, no, we're going to put a stay on the mandate until this is decided by the higher courts. Now the Sixth Circuit says, no, we're going to put a stay on the stay. We're going to make the mandate go into effect right now. And then we'll see what the higher courts decide later. It, It. is really raising the stakes. It's raising the stakes almost as much as we see gas prices raising these days, which is why you got to check out GetUpside. What if I told you that you could make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up just by downloading the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now? Actually, you know what? You could, you could call me a liar if I told you that. You could call me a liar because if you use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up, which means up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, and use promo code Knowles K N O W L E S to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month cash back. There's no catch. Cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e gift card for Amazon and other brands. Download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. If you're not aware, Ben Shapiro just released a new series exclusive to The Daily Wire. It's called The Search. The show is a voyeuristic view rrr, of his closest and most influential friends talking with him, sharing their inklings and their personal lives over coffee. His great friend, Jordan Peterson, is the first to join him. The premiere episode is available only at dailywire.com, so if you are not a member yet, now is the perfect time to sign up. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Clips of the show will be available on YouTube, but I can promise you these are meaty, juicy conversations, and you'll be missing out a lot if you do not subscribe right now. We'll be right back with a lot more. So here is what the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals said. This was really late on Friday that this news broke. They ruled two to one to let the vaccine mandate go into effect. According to Judge Jane Brandstetter who is some Obama chickie on the court, she, she says, quote, recognizing that the old normal is not going to return, employers and employees have sought new models for a workplace that will protect the safety and health of employees who earn their living there. Uh, In need of guidance on how to protect their employees from COVID-19 transmission while reopening business, employers turned to OSHA. So the spookiest part to me is not that she's going to let this radical rule, this unconstitutional rule, in my humble opinion, go into effect before the Supreme Court resolves the disputes between the lower courts. The craziest part to me is that first sentence, recognizing that the old normal is not going to return what we considered to be life as we knew it, Uh, not having to inject yourself with experimental drugs to to potentially, maybe, I guess, possibly defend against a virus that doesn't pose a grave threat to the vast majority of people, Uh, being able to travel and breathe air and not have some filthy, stupid mask muzzle ourselves the whole time, Uh, Being able to rule ourselves through our government rather than just having Dr. Fauci, who's been there through seven presidential administrations and probably will be there seven more, just tell us what to do at his own whims. That's not coming back. That's not coming back. And so this is my suggestion. People write in all the time, Michael, my, my office is telling me I need to get the vaccine. I need to show proof of vaccination. I need to do this. I need to do that. Reminds me of the people who say, Michael, what if a restaurant demands that I have the vaccine? My advice to you is there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's my advice to you. They want to back you in a corner where they can force everyone to comply. The people who are obedient little sheep and comply, they'll get to work with them. And then they'll find out who the dissidents are and they'll fire them and they'll ostracize them. And I just think there's more than one way to skin a cat. I don't think that anyone should do anything immoral or illegal or unjust. I don't think you should do any of that. But I, I think that we need to be prudent and a little bit clever here, okay? And I, I think that uh, if there's a way to get around the mandate in a way that is not illegal or immoral or unjust, then then you should do it. And I, I don't think that you we should allow the, the libs here in their massive once-in-a-lifetime power grab to back us into a corner whereby anything we do, we lose. Speaking of public health, new data from the CDC indicates that fentanyl-related deaths in the United States have nearly doubled since 2019. The CDC data uh, was compiled by a group called Families Against Fentanyl, reveals that uh, this is now, in terms of Americans who are between the ages of 18 and 45, fentanyl is now the number one killer. More deaths than suicide, more deaths than car accidents, more deaths even than the Rona. Now, why is this not a public health crisis? Why is Dr. Fauci not on TV every single day talking about fentanyl? I guess that's not his specialty. In at the NIH. But why is, why is not the Fauci of drug policy, not on TV every day, talking about how we need to solve this, this is a na- national epidemic, this is killing more Americans 18 to 45 than anything else? Uh, because this is an inconvenient crisis for the ruling class. This is a real crisis and the ruling class is not doing anything to stop it. It's actually encouraging all, the, all of the causes of the fentanyl, Crisis because those causes augment their power. What is causing the fentanyl issue? China is a major source of US-bound fentanyl. Uh, In 2020, the DEA said that uh, China remains the primary source of all fentanyl-related substances trafficked into the United States. Now, the other place that they come from is the open border with Mexico. Just this past week, Authorities seized more than 1.7 million fentanyl pills coming over the border uh, through traffickers linked with the Mexico-based Sinaloa cartel. But the ruling class benefits from uh, our relationship with China, from massive trade with China, from the major investment that China has put into the United States and into American companies and buying up our national debt. And so we're not going to get tough on China and we're not going to shut down the fentanyl. The ruling class benefits immensely from mass illegal immigration over that southern border. The Democrats believe that this will give them a permanent electoral majority, and it probably will. Something like 80% of uh, illegal aliens who come over, their children and even their grandchildren, identify with democrats and now with the new voting laws that the left has been pushing a lot of those illegal aliens are are going to be registered to vote and are already being registered to vote and the democrats will deny this but it's right there in their legislation in the feder- in the democrat uh, federal election takeover that they they tried to push earlier this year they said that illegal aliens will not be getting registered to vote and also they'll be getting total amnesty if they are registered to vote illegally, so they won't be prosecuted for that. Well, why do you need to put that second provision in if the first one's true? Because they know that illegal aliens are voting. We know that that's happening. And drug addicts, just generally when America is addicted to a bunch of drugs, they're much easier to control. The regime in power in the United States does not care about what is right and what is wrong so much as us versus them, All right? That's, that's what we're seeing. From the demand to know our vaccination status, to the punitive mandates that don't seem to be doing very much in terms of public health, to the policy on other very real crises, it's less about right versus wrong, which I, I doubt they even really believe in. I, do, I doubt they really believe that there's such a thing as a transcendent moral order and truth and evil and, and, and falsehood and goodness and all these these real metaphysical categories, I bet they kind of laugh at them in a very cynical way. It's about us versus them. They're going to take care of their friends, they're going to punish their enemies. Ayanna Presley proved this, just again. Ayanna Presley, the Ringo star of the squad. AOC is Paul McCartney. She's kind of the most mainstream. Ilhan O'Mar is a little edgier. She's John Lennon. Rashida Tlaib is George Harrison. And then Ayanna Presley, because no one really cares about her that much, she's Ringo. Iana Presley just said, quote, let's make it plain. This is, just, this is like Ilhan Omar. Let's be clear. Let's be honest because we're, I'm usually not honest. I'm usually not plain. Let's make it plain, says Ayanna Presley. Student debt is policy violence. We'll keep fighting to relieve families across the country to make sure our policies and budgets reflect their lived experiences and that we build this grassroots movement to hashtag cancel student debt together. Might be the least plain worded statement I've ever read. It's hard to make sense of that. It doesn't sound like it was written in English. But the big takeaway is they're calling everything they don't like violence. When people from the middle class to the upper middle class take out student debt to get useless degrees, they're now demanding that that be subsidized by the government, by some poor people who, who don't have these degrees and by wealthier people. And, and through the government, they, they want this to be paid for. And if they have to pay their own bills, that constitutes violence. They call everything they don't like violence to justify and threaten their own violent reaction. That's what this is about. When they say your speech is violence, what they're saying is, I will be justified in becoming violent because I don't like something that you say. When they say your policy is violence, what they're they're saying and threatening is, when I become violent, don't blame me. You started it. You made me do it. What you make me so mad, why did you make me do it? That's what they're saying. You are not just an opponent to them. You are the enemy. Ronald Reagan had a line, very nice line, very amiable. He said, well, I don't have enemies. I'm paraphrasing a little. The Democrats, they're not my enemies, only my opponents. The idea being that Americans have enemies abroad, but here in domestic politics, while we might have vigorous debates we still love one another as Americans. I don't think the left views it that way. I think they really think that we're the enemy. And I think, that we should be, they, that I think they think we should be stripped of our rights. We should be forced into submission and get a bunch of injections into our blood and be kicked out of our jobs and be, and be uh, chased out of society. And we're evil, white supremacist, bigoted, terrible, rotten people who have, who have no place and ought to have their Their businesses burned down and and be threatened with violence, as as the left threatened us all with violence throughout most of 2020, which means that we need to take them much more seriously (laughs) when when they tell us this stuff. Now, speaking of drawing lines in the sand, the new president of the Heritage Foundation just got in a ton of trouble. Uh, Kevin Roberts, who has taken over the Heritage Foundation, has been around for a long time, It's a conservative think tank. It's gone through kind of squishier periods and then more conservative periods. The new president has said that you cannot be a movement conservative if you support same-sex marriage. Avik Roy, who's on a little bit more of the squishy side of the conservative movement, he quoted this. And he said, inconveniently, that eliminates 70% of Americans from Heritage's conservative movement. So much for Reagan's big tent. You know, the famous gay marriage supporter, Ronald Reagan, right? Was he? Uh, no, I think it would have been uh, unthinkable to him. <laughs> we would redefine marriage to take away sexual difference from the definition of marriage. But now, many people who claim the mantle of Reaganism or Buckleyism wrap themselves up in ideas that neither man ever believed in that would have been completely outrageous to them. They say, no, we're the broad-minded. We're the good conservatives. We're just going to redefine every single thing, including sex and human nature itself. And if you disagree, you're a bigot. That's kind kind of what Avic Roy, I think, is insinuating here. You're going to lose if you think that men and women are different. What the new president of the Heritage Foundation is saying is obviously correct, it doesn't mean you've got to hate gay guys. You've got to be judgmental and cruel to them and no, it doesn't mean that. It means that if you don't acknowledge that men and women are different and there is such a thing as sex in human nature and sex has something to do with marriage. If you don't know that, you just can't be a conservative. There's nothing conservative about you. You you are a radical, radical leftist by the standards of about seven years ago. If you, and so it's, that's just a descriptive fact. And I'm sorry if you don't like that, but that's the way. The squishes and the libs and the technocrats are going to freak out about this because they don't care at all about culture. They don't care at all about religion, I guess. They don't care at all about the moral underpinnings of society. They don't care at all. What they care about is increasing GDP a little bit and always expanding the tent. So that we need a big tent. We hope, but it, you can't, <laughs> ironically, you're not going to expand the tent into a, a really potent political movement if you just tear down all the walls of the tent and then let every single person in and every single crazy idea in. You have not expanded the tent, you've abolished the tent at that point. And it's just the case that it, it cannot be so. I'm not saying that we need to persecute homosexuals or anything like that. Marriage has a meaning. If you don't recognize that the fundamental political institution has a meaning and that meaning is closer to what it has always been understood to mean everywhere in the world than what it is now we are pretending it means as of the last five years, then you're just not a conservative. okay? And we want you to be in the conservative tent. We want you to be in the movement, but you've got to correct that really mistaken idea. Maybe you've fallen under the sway of that idea because the left is really persuasive and they control the whole culture and they have kind of brainwashed you for the past five years. I'm sure that's true, but we're not going to win the culture and we're not going to win political battles by surrendering on every front. If we give up human nature, sex, marriage, the fundamental political institution, all the other political institutions, by the way, then it's not going to matter how much we cut taxes, much as I love a good tax cut. Speaking of women, a woman has been groped, kind of. A woman is making me two allegations, not in Hollywood, not in Washington, not even in reality, but in virtual reality, in the metaverse, a beta tester of the virtual reality simulation world of the metaverse, which is being pushed by Facebook, which changed their name to Meta, basically just a video game that you live in. It's just living in the matrix. She has claimed that she was virtually groped uh, in, in this virtual world. She writes, quote, Sexual harassment is no joke on the regular internet, but being in virtual reality adds another layer that makes the event even more intense. Uh, not only was I groped last night, but there were other people there who supported this behavior, which made me feel isolated in the plaza, uh, which is the center of the virtual environment's gathering space. A lot of concern. I don't I don't I don't have the article here, but it's it's making headlines all over the place and a lot of conservatives are making fun of it because obviously she was not she was not groped. She was not groped because to be groped means to have your body held onto and this woman's body was probably sitting in her bedroom. But her mind was in this virtual place and that's where she was groped. I actually think she makes kind of a good point. I'm I'm really glad to read this story and the outrage from the left about this story because it means that the the left is admitting that there's something other than our bodies. The left is admitting that we have a soul (laughs) because her body obviously wasn't groped. It was her her soul or her mind or some other aspect of her person that's not physical that was groped. And I think that's true because I don't think we're just our bodies. I think you can be violated in a way that is not corporeal. It's not the same. It's not the same as having some guy pinch you as you walk by, but there is something to that. She's onto something. It actually does matter what you do on the internet. When you go onto the internet, I think a lot of people believe that you go into fantasy world where the rules of morality don't matter, where social mores don't really matter. You can just do whatever you want. And that leads to really dark places. Obviously, you see that a lot with porn. You could see that with video games. I guess this is kind of a combination of the two. But really anything, the way we talk to people, the way, the way we behave online does have something to do with reality because we're not just physical beings. We're also metaphysical beings. So I think, I think it's fair. So now what, do, what does that mean about this, this real world? It means that we shouldn't just treat each other like flesh and meat puppets means we've got to recognize we do have souls. There is a moral order. We've got to respect that moral order, even when we're in these kind of strange virtual environments. And maybe we should avoid divorcing our bodies from our souls entirely. Maybe living in the metaverse and plugging in the brainstem into the matrix, which is probably, what, two years around the corner? I don't know. i got to check in with Alex Jones. He seems to have a good track record these days. Maybe that is uh, not a great idea to divorce those things. Maybe we need to recognize we're body and soul. we got to live. we got to behave as though both of those things matter. Not just the uh, you do you, if it feels good, do it materialism that the libs push sometimes. Not just the Gnostic dualism that the transgenderists push, which is that the body doesn't matter at all. And it's just the metaphysical reality is all that matters. Maybe, maybe both matter. We got to get back to that. Speaking of weird sex stuff before we go, in October, there was a shocking report out that teachers at a Salinas Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Salinas, California Middle School secretly recruited students into a pro-LGBT club that was disguised as a gender equality club uh, without their parents knowing. This was not just uh, teachers, you know, hosting a club for kids with, you know, kind of different sexual desires or confusion or something and saying, you can show up if you want. This was teachers going in, tracking their students online, trying to figure out, which students were maybe interested in this stuff, and then inviting them and recruiting them. It was really creepy. It was grooming, I think, is what you would call it. Well, that's what the parents are calling it. So this was this was presented by Abigail Schreier, um, who wrote the book Irreversible Damage, about transgenderism for little girls. Uh, these kids were indoctrinating pupils into accepting pro- progressive views of sex and gender, uh, coaching students into changing their gender, telling them to hide this... I, stuff from their parents. Now the parents are going out, they're calling this grooming. This is a a good tactic. I think we need to be a little bit blunter. Let's be plain, to quote Ayanna Pressley. Let's be clear, to quote Ilhan Omar. I think we need to be a lot blunter about these things. These are creepy perverts. They should not teach our kids. And they need to be chased out of (laughs) polite society, kind of like Dr. Fauci. Because we can pass laws, and we can, we can pass new policy directives and we can have executive orders, but personnel is policy, right? The people that we have executing on these things are going to determine what kind of policy we have. We can pass some resolution out of the Senate saying that Fauci can or cannot do something, but who cares? There, there was a ban on gain-of-function research. Dr. Fauci clearly didn't care all that much about that. There have been all sorts of, there's, a, there's a, a law against perjury. Dr. Fauci doesn't appear to have cared very much about that. Personnel is policy. And so I think we've got to be a lot, lot blunter. We've got to be a lot more willing to own the libs sometimes. And we need to throw these people out. Right now, it's looking like we're going to have a, a good opportunity to throw the libs out of office in 2022. Some members of Congress and who knows, maybe 2024. It depends on whether or not they, they change all the, the voting rules again or we've got the Phi Beta Kappa variant at that point moving into the 17th year of the coronavirus, and so all of the ordinary rules of government are going to be suspended again. But yeah, maybe, look, let's say we can get the president out. Who's going to replace him? I don't know. If all of these bureaucrats, if the Fauci's are still there, if the administrators are still there, even if some of these teachers and some of these superintendents are still there, then it's not really going to matter. The fact is, Joe Biden has had basically no legislative achievements this year, and yet the government has been extremely effective and extremely radical. So it's going we're going to have to think outside the box, wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove in order to change it back. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Editor and associate producer Danny D'Amico. Associate producer Justine Turley. Audio mixer Mike Coromina. And Hair and Makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire, 2021. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, Senator Joe Manchin announces he is done with Bill Backbetter and the left is ticked off. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen.